0: If playing it right ain't fun, then just go ahead and play it wrong. Welcome to play it wrong. Podcast about RPGs, fun, food, and more RPGs. Grab your dice, sit back, and get ready to play it wrong. Welcome, general listeners, and this is that year end episode that everybody hates, but everybody does. Yes, the bulk of this episode is me talking about me and what I've done, what I liked, what I didn't like, and all other good stuff. But first, let's get to some business at hand. First of all, let's delve back into the, something that I forgot last episode session, session. summary. You know, I talked last episode about how we ended the uh, Star Wars campaign, but I didn't talk about what happened at the end of the Star Wars campaign, so I want to do that now. Because we were playing roughly in the time area post-New Hope, during Return of the Jedi and Empire Strikes Back. However, the GM was doing an alternate universe. What was alternate about it? Well, the main thing is Luke did not destroy the Death Star. He just severely damaged it. Later on in our climactic battle, we learned that, yeah, Luke turned to the Dark Star and joined Vader. So uh, we hunted down the damaged Death Star, got on board, got to the Emperor's Chambers, (coughs) where we find Dark Luke, Vader, and they had already killed the Emperor. And the fight was very interesting. So, this is how it ended up. The Jedi of the group, was fighting Luke barely the mercenary of the group started to uh have a philosophical argument with Vader about good and evil which kind of failed so he kind of went with thermal detonators and that did not go well throw something at Vader and see what happens I mean Han tried to shoot him see what happens then what did I do I was the pirate and I already had a what I wanted to do in mind I wanted to steal the Death Star so I go to the Emperor's Throne, throw off his dead body, and start hacking the system and seeing what I could happen. The first thing I did is I made that fight between our Jedi and Luke much more interesting by getting the gravity turned off in the room. I don't know why they didn't do that in this movie. Maybe they did, and I just don't remember it. But also, I ended up, after many rolls and pleading and deception and system hacking, of moving the Death Star to where the Rebel base was, even though they weren't happy about it, Hey, they wanted me to get the base, I stole the frickin' Death Star. Followed by shutting down the weapon systems, the shields, and then running the hell away. That's how the campaign ended. So, also, as we're going back to our other episode, we had something very important. We are going off onto 5e, and I asked gentle listeners of what they think I should play. I was thinking of playing an Artificer, but I got some feedback from a couple folks. And first off, we have our number one fan, Mr. Tim Gothridge Manor Shorts.
1: Hey Chuck, Tim Shorts from Guthridge Manor here, just listened to your latest episode, catching up on some old episodes Love the dumb voice and I did hear the air quotes so appreciated that and uh, what class should you play in 5e? If you haven't played wizard, I guess play wizard I have no clue uh, I mean, I like Swiss Army Knife kind of uh, characters myself too but I don't know how it works because I know in 5e, a lot of them, once hit fifth level, then they become specialized and, like, everybody becomes magic-using, it seems like, except a few variations. So, whatever you'll enjoy, but, yeah, why not Wizard or that Artificer? I don't know. All organic. you Maybe you could be the vegan Artificer and really mess with them. So, all right, Chuck. We'll talk to you soon, bud.
0: Ah, uh, the vegan archificer, Yeah, I was thinking more about using lots and lots of meat. At least not using... I mean, heck, you know, player character goes down, they die high enough level. You can harvest a couple organs before they get raised. They're not going to miss them. But I did talk to the DM, and, you know, we're doing Out of the Abyss, and that's very much a survival-type adventure uh, campaign setting where you're trying to basically fight your way out of the Underdark. And we both agreed that, yeah, more than likely, I would not be able to find components to actually be a decent artificer, or perhaps even contribute that much to the party. But I got more suggestions uh, coming in too, because uh, Mr. Mark Mark Walring of the Yawning Albear. Listen to his podcast over on Anchor. You should listen to Tim Shorts on Anchor too, and he just moved his blog back to Blogger. Just hunt down Gothridge Manor, and visit his Patreon. It's he's got some neat stuff out there. But anyway, here's Mark from Yawning Albear. Thorin, and Mark from the Yawning Owl bear
2: Good to hear from you again. It's nice to see another episode. And, uh, you were asking about what you should play. Um, judging by the stipulations you were given, kind of restricted on this one, but here's a couple of ideas that I had going on in my head that I had for my, uh, two games that I'm playing in. Um, and one, I am playing as a Mouse Folk Rogue, um... I think you can more likely find that on Drive RPG. I'm not sure. Uh, the other one was... It was a Cleansed Blight. Now, if you remember the Blights from the 5th edition Monster Manual, those were the corrupted little elemental plant creatures created from the Golthius Tree. Yeah, the Cleansed Blight is the exact opposite of them, as they've been cleansed by Druidic Magic. And uh, one in particular was the Vine Cleansed Blight and I originally had thoughts to do that guy as a cleric and or druid, but what stood out about that race in particular was the fact that at least the vine portion had a 15-foot reach with his arms, because, I mean, he's vines. Um, The other one which I'm currently playing in now is I'm playing in Azer, Cleric of the Forge, which if you haven't seen the Forge domain, it's pretty OP for a cleric. Uh, It's going to be quite interesting to see how that plays out, being uh, pretty much a walking, like, one-ton furnace. Um, The other one that I had a thought of was also playing as a living tombstone cleric of the grave. And both that and the cleanse blight I got off of the D&D wiki for 5th edition, the
0: SRD, I believe. But anyway, let me know what you think. Talk to you later, man. Thank you very much for your call Tim and Mark. Oh, Cleric of the Forge. Yes, I have done that in 5e. I had a Cleric, a Dwarven Cleric of the Forge-slash-fighter. My inspiration for that character was... Well, you have to watch Boondock Saints. Just look for... It was a firefight! Yes, it was... Was it six dwarves with axes? No, maybe it was one dwarf with six axes. Yes, I was the one dwarf with six axes. I took the Forge domain, and for my fighter specialization, it's one in an Unearthed Arcana called the Brute, which basically you just do more damage, that's the only thing you really kind of get. But I had great fun with that, but I sat down, like I said, I sat down and talked with the DM last week before our Labyrinth Lord game, which, by the way, I should have put in the session summary, but we finished up the lost shrine and that means next session they're going for the climax they are going to go into tomb of horrors it's going to be fun and bloody but anyway about the 5e yes well i sat down and there's a couple of stipulations not stipulations but things i thought about one is i've been in out of the abyss before and one of the other players at the tables also went and we had to, as i would we both agreed that this is an awesome adventure but our DM at the time, well, sucked. So we really wanted to go with it with a better DM and have fun. But what I did in that one, it was before the Rangers were buffed, I did a Human Ranger. So I was like, in a way, maybe Rangers. So, but instead with the, uh, I think, Cadence uh, coming out, I decided to go funky with a Shadar Kai Ranger. I did three characters, by the way, because I had that many blank character sheets at home. So I did three. <laughs> So when it's a Shadarkai ranger, probably when it gets up to third level, looking for the Gloomstalker, which is really overpowered, but for a ranger, to put the basic philosophy of that class into perspective, if you're not used to it, it's hit first, hit hard. That's kind of the Gloomstalker. Oh yeah, and you're really good at hiding in the dark. And up with the Shadarkai, which this was because so far we don't even have a cleric, I scanned through DM's guild to find something different and weird, and interesting, and I went with Shadarkai again, because at least the DM agrees with me, in previous editions, Shadarkai were not fucking elves, but they made them elves in 5e. Yes, I said the F-bomb. Get used to it. We'll, we'll we'll get more into that in the navel-gazing part of this episode. But yes, a Shadarkai, and I found a Cleric of Pain, the Pain Domain, which has some neat abilities if you use them strategically, because a lot of them hurt you and kind of help, but also hurt somebody else. So, you just have to be careful. They seem OP, but if you read it, it kind of seems... it's you got to be careful about what you do. And finally, because I found it on, on DM's Guild, I found a bard college. And I love playing bards in 5e, because they're, they're so much fun. But this one is the, the Catabout, the Catabout uh, Bard, which is basically the slacker bard. You're inept, you're a slacker, and you've got some meat abilities, and I think the 6th level one kind of sold it for me. Where you basically spend some uh one of your bardic inspirations, and you are a wand of wonder. that's right. <laughs> I don't need to have one I get to be one yeah i'm I'm so bad at magic, I just like whatever oh sorry <laughs> whatever, but it seems like fun, and uh one of the neat class abilities on that one is like I could take a nap in the middle of combat, and there's a chance I might not wake up, not because I get die but because I'm sleeping. But those are the three I'm working with. Um, I'm going to talk to my DM again. I'll have plenty of time for the game talk. Get any of those little rough things ironed out and see what happens, and I'll let you all know when the next episode... Speaking of next episode, this is going to be the last episode for the year because the holidays gets everything so crazy. So I'm using this as the time to do some navel-gazing and some hits and misses and everything else and talk about last year and what I plan on doing next year. And there's going to be an accompanying blog post too, so don't worry about that. So let's start off with the good news of what do I think were the really cool things of this past year. And some of it may be a little, is a little older than last year, but it came to light and a lot of it's coming together this year. One is old school publishing, Diogo Nogueira. We're talking Sharp Swords and Sinister Spells, Dark Streets and Darker Secrets, and Solar Blades and Cosmic Spells, and this time I got the name of that game right, because if you listen to previous episodes, I kept screwing it up and switching around the solar and the cosmic. i do that crap. But they're all basically the same system, and they're really cool games. So in case you want to know, I've got reviews in the blog and reviews in previous episodes that... You know, sharp swords and sinister spells is much more Conan than high fantasy. There's not even elves in, or dwarves or halflings or anything in the core books or even the addendum. You can make them if you want them, but they're not there. And the magic is kind of cool. Um, Dark Streets and Darker Secrets is kind of World of Darkness, urban fantasy, horror, blah, blah, blah. You get that kind of thing. Um, supernatural, Lucifer, that. Oh, that whole urban fantasy genre. And then Solar Blades and Cosmic Spells is very much um, gonzo science fantasy. Think Heavy Metal Magazine then the movies. Think that. that Put that in your mind and you will have a good feel on that game. But all three of those, I love them. They came to light. And they're just wonderful. What else is a big hit this year? Well, there was BX Essentials. Oh, I'm sorry. It's now Old School Essentials. Yes, that is Old School Essentials and Necrotic Gnome. This has been the darling for a long time, uh, that game that the darling du jour for most old school gamers It is a really good re, reimagining, editing of the old BX rules and the layout on these books is fantastic, easy to use at the table, and that's the main thing. The Kickstarter just back got that backed, Kickstarter <laughs> shipped, um, backers like me got our our box set and our rules tome like i said it's cl- cleanly laid out easy to reference and that's the really strength of it it goes back to those bx rules that are fantastic so check out necrotic gnome old school publishing but wait i'm not done yet on hits fantastic other great things goodman games dungeon crawl classics they've uh, doing those classic reprints Uh, Borderlands, and Isle of Dread, and Expedition of the Barrier Barrier Peaks, and that is why these are improv episodes. You get things like me going, but one of their darlings that, that fulfilled this year from Kickstarter is their take on Lankmar, and that is fantastic. There's a review on the blog of that. Like I said, it may be for Dungeon Crawl Classics, but there's plenty of crap in there you can use no matter what game you're playing. Any old school game, you can like tweak some of that stuff to fit right in your game and have a great time. So what else was cool product-wise? There's lots of stuff and I'm, I'm gonna hit these through as fast as I can. Skeeter Green, Skeeter Green Games, formerly of Frog God Games, struck out on his own. It's got his first module out that was Kickstarted. It's Crypt of the Science Wizard. That is another wonderful find and going through and telling you neat stuff about this this is the the neat thing is it's got the little extra player pictures for the artwork so they can look at the dungeon what's another wonderful thing and i'm going to talk about this a lot more this is a big subject for me frog god games they are doing not only their normal kickstarters but they're throwing up a lot of smaller indiegogo campaigns for individual short print runs of adventures I've got The City That dripped Blood, Cephalon Gorges on the Moon, and there's that, what, Murder on Devil's Bluff Floor, or whatever it's called, that is fulfilling very soon and should be getting, hopefully, the PDFs very soon. And also, I have just got, the other day, my copy of Tegel Manor, which is fantastic. If you're paying attention to the YouTube channel or the blog, you will know that I am Mixing that in with my blight campaign, which is coming up next year, so that's part of the next year. Um, what else? Also, next year, Frog God Games is doing a Kickstarter for not a for a box set for Swords and Wizardry. Oh, and speaking of Swords and Wizardry, because I'm sitting here looking at this, I've got cards. One of their Indiegogos is Bill Webb's Dirty Tricks deck, so they're like little plot twist cards. I'm waiting on that. That should be coming to my little mailbox next month. That's one of their Indiegogos. So speaking of Swords and Wizardry. So let's go on with what I'm doing. And one of the things is on the blog, you know, Swords and Wizardry is kind of, well, it is my retro clone of choice. I like it. It's simple. It it gels in my head well for hacking the rules, which I love to do. So I'm going to be doing a lot more Swords and Wizardry stuff next year on the blog and probably on the podcast and the YouTube channel. I might be reviewing some of those adventures that I've got on the YouTube channel that I just started even though they're older adventures and uh yakking more about that and publishing more issues of the gazebo gazette which reminds me I still have an episode that I or an episode an issue I need to get you can find those on drive Through as soon as I get them done so that was like my kind of combination rant for um, what I'm doing next year the first part of what I'm doing next year and the hits let's talk about the misses well let's see hangouts died the complete and total death of google plus died which that's kind of stabilized i think it's kind of a good thing because at least from my perspective with everybody going their own way they've kind of isolated themselves in their little own groups so there's a lot less drama even though i'm just maybe in the wrong place but then again i stay away from rpg net and world so But, you know, I, you know, I don't want to do negative crap, but, you know, you get to the point where sometimes you just got to say stuff. There's also, well, I'll go through everything I'm doing next year in a bit, but I would say the biggest downer for the year has been Lamentations of the Flame Princess. And... Really, we have the Ref book, which I know James Raggy said it's done when it's done, but it's been years since an update, and he didn't start update until people started screaming. Um, and there's just been a lot of stuff that's been like, really, are you trying it just uh, are you trying to alienate your customer base now, I'm no expert, I'm no marketing expert, but I think there's an important thing a difference between a fan base and a customer base. Especially in the days of social media, and I just think there have been some missteps that have alienated a lot of people who are potential customers. And I admit, I li- I love that game at the at in the early days, but the adventures have become blech, and the whole it, it just I don't care anymore. I can make whatever icky. I can do icky on my own. I can be stupid icky. I just need weird and creative. That's what I need. But yeah, I'd say that's the biggest loser of the year, and that's in a way it's kind of sad because you know there was a lot of. I think the game itself has a lot of wonderful potential for for a lot of different reasons, but I think part of it is the death of G plus kind of diversified everything, and uh, I don't know. I'm sorry, James sorry folks let's go into happy stuff next year next year i'm going to do neat stuff next year how about that we'll go happy stuff all right like i mentioned i'm going to do a lot more swords and wizardry stuff on the blog get the gazebo gazette out more instead of be more have it be more geared towards swords and wizardry stuff um i've got some other th- projects that i have got to get off my ass and do and get published on drive through it's all like in various stages of getting done, so I apologize for that. So, I mean, things that you should look for here. All right, so first of all, like I said, this is going to be the last episode of the podcast for this year, and I know it's running long, so uh, there's going to be no reading from the ancient tomes. We'll start that next year. But for the podcast, one thing I want to do is, a lot of people, there's a lot of people giving out good advice, and to me, it gets kind of boring when you hear the same voice over and over and over again. So I'll still give my opinions on advice, but I want to interject more life, maybe a little more cooking, even though I say it's about food, so more cooking stuff, and of course more relevant humor because we're going to freaking need that we need more freaking humor, we need more poking fun at stuff and if people don't like it, screw them what else is coming up, like I said I just started that YouTube channel a while ago and I'm putting a goal on myself of maybe one video a month if let's till it kicks off then maybe more and it's going to be a mixture of reviews and maybe some crafty diy stuff for for rpg folks so yeah the youtube channel is there the links are on the blog speaking of the blog they might be gazebos.blog it's sticking around i paid for that domain for another year so let's make this thing happen what else is going to happen let's see podcast blog youtube patreon the patreon i have got to do a little tweaking on the patreon i should get that done next week for patrons and you know it sounds like i'm doing a money grab here to to keep pushing this thing i just want to break even and pay for my hosting and stuff and i will be a happy little camper of course i'm also backing other patron patreons so but still i'll be a happy camper to go ahead and do that so there are my plans for last year. My shout-outs to folks who I think did some really cool stuff over the year that I've got my little hands on. I know it's some of it's older than a year, but it's still brightened my mind. Things that I think fell short. And what I'm doing next year. So, yeah, this is a long episode. Lots of navel-gazing. Lots of planning. So, once again, have a good holiday. And as I say... Roll dice, kill monsters, take their stuff, have fun. Thanks for listening, and of course, like I said, go ahead, you can subscribe on Anchor FM for a little of the dollar a month, like the Facebook page, find us at They Might Be Gazebos. And as the blog that I mentioned, they might and the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash they might be gazebos. Thanks for listening, have a great week, great holiday, folks.